the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Good to see him back in the house of God. Praise the Lord. Good to see him back in the church. Oh, got one behind you there, brother. Praise the Lord. Okay, if you have your Bibles with you tonight, turn to the book of Amos. Yeah, kind of one of those hard books to find in the Bible. If you start right there at the beginning of the New Testament, back up about four or five books, you'll be right there in the book of Amos. <clears throat> book of Amos, chapter 8. Book of Amos. Thank you, brother. Book of Amos, chapter 8. Did Sister uh, Gwen not make it tonight? Are you talking to Sister Gwen? She's probably over at Corky's. Yes, brother. Yes, absolutely. What am I thinking here? Pray over it, brother. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. Jesus, mighty name. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that, brother. Praise God. I've just uh, had a couple things on my mind there. just kind of lost track there, but praise God. Thank you for that. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. If you have the, uh, your Bibles, turn to the book of Amos. Is everybody in the book of Amos chapter 8? Stand with me all over the building for the reading of the Word tonight. It's going to be a very short text. Very short text tonight. We're not going to be long on the, on the reading of the Scripture here right off. Amos chapter 8, starting in verse 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God. Now, you're going to want to underline this in your Bible, so make sure you got you some pens handy. If it's not already underlined. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. They, they that swear by the sin of Samaria and say, Thy God, O Dan, liveth, and the manner of Beersheba liveth, even they shall fall and never rise up again. Master, Lord, for the next few moments here tonight, God, I ask you, Lord, to anoint, Lord, these lips of clay. Let me be a vessel for the, O God, for the Holy Ghost tonight. Lord, just use me, Lord, to speak this word, God. Speak through me to the hearts of everyone that's here tonight, Jesus. Lord, let your anointing go upon this word tonight, God, and let it find a lodging place in every heart. Let us hear this word, receive it with gladness, give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice, spiritual eyes to see the path, Master, and the godly wisdom to walk in that path. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Praise God, you can be seated. I want to talk to you for the next few moments tonight about simply this, a famine in America. A famine in America. We have been blessed in this nation beyond measure. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what I just said. You've heard that expression many times. But do you really know what it means for something to be beyond measure? You try measuring a hundred trillion dollars. People don't realize how much money... That is. That's enough money to stack money to the moon and back. This country has had everything that they have ever desired. 
and they have, they have held nothing back from their delights. They have not curbed their appetite one bit for any lust of their flesh. And now, the Bible tells us in this Scripture so, so applies to this country. We are entering into a time of famine in this land such as has never been seen before. What we're about to enter into here is not only a famine in the land of food and resources, but it's a famine of a greater significance. It is a famine of the Word of God. It's coming very soon. How easily people have given up their King James Bibles. And because of that, they're doing away with them. How easy people have given up the truth because it did not suit their lifestyle. Let me tell you something, church. There's nothing about this Bible that's supposed to line up with you. We're supposed to line up with it. The world hates this nation. Those that don't hate it want to live here. I'll have to agree with the Muslims that we watched on this screen this morning. I have to agree with them in certain instances. There are certain things that they do. How many of you know you can learn something from everybody? Did you know that? You can watch your enemies and learn a lot. I've learned a lot from watching my adversaries. I've learned a lot by watching my competitors through the years. Countries like the Middle East have not had the luxuries that we have. Only the kings and those chosen few there that are born into it have it. The rest never have nor ever will. In that land, there's the haves and the have-nots. There's not even wannabes because there's no hope for them to ever go any further than they are. But here, there's always that opportunity to excel. That's why they want to come to this country. But even the Muslims never set the Koran lower than their head. We walk through here and toss the old Bible over on the stump. They've got a book written by Satan himself. And they reverence it more than we reverence the Holy Bible. What's wrong with that picture? But it's just words on the page. Is it now? The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm not stepping on people's feet tonight. I'm stepping on mine too. We should be more careful how we treat the Word of God. You look in people's cars, it's in the floorboard. We should take more, we should pay more attention to those little things. They stop whatever they're doing five times a day and they pray wherever they're at and they're praying to the devil. We serve the one and only true God. We have the truth. And you can't even get people to come to prayer in the church. What's wrong with that? Well, it's awful quiet in here tonight. I need my Pentecostal cricket. I got a cricket in here. It usually sounds off when nobody's making any noise. He thinks we're camping. Tell them about my cricket. I got a cricket. I said I'm going to get some crickets in here, and God sent me some crickets. Did you know that? Wasn't the very next week I had crickets in here singing out. Every time it'd get quiet, sound like we've seen Kumbaya at a campfire. 
<laughs> you ain't Pentecostal, you won't stand up in this building very long. <laughs> you know, listen, church. We should pay a closer attention to what we have in this nation. Listen, I'm going to be getting on people's toes. I already told you about this. I'm going to be stomping all over some feet this up and coming here because it's high time we start realizing what we got. And it's high time you wake up and smell the coffee, church, because I'm going to tell you something. You're taking for granted something you ain't fixing to have. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost rush through me right then. I'm telling you the truth, more so than you even can possibly imagine. I'm telling you the truth. See, we've never seen that in this nation. Even during the Great Depression, we never had that. We've never had on this soil the inability to serve God. We've never had the inability to lay our uh, bow down before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But I'm telling you, just as sure as I'm standing here right now, it's coming. It's coming to this nation. And you, you will have to hide to serve God. It's a fact. There are a few that think we're going to be raptured out of that. That's just wrong. I mean, just period. That's just as wrong as it can be. And I would stake my soul on it. I know that, that assuredly. No. We're going to go through just what his, all His people have gone through. He's going to see what you're made of. I want to tell you, we better start taking this thing serious. We better start really taking it serious. You know when they're going to start knocking on the door? Do you know when they're going to start knocking the doors to the church down? When they can't get in here no more. If I was to go out and tell everybody in this town... You can go to any church you want, but whatever you do, stay away from that full gospel apostolic over there. Stay away from change of life, boy. Stay away from that church. You can't go in there. I'd have cars lined up down the highway, people trying to take numbers, get in here. Because as long as they can have it, they don't want it. But when they can't have it, that's what they want. It always amazes me that when somebody does not have, and I'm not talking to anybody here tonight, but, but it always amazes me how that people don't want to come to church. I don't believe in all that. Well, I know you believe in Pentecostal. I just don't believe all that. You know what I mean? We can still be friends and all, man. You know, you're just a little quiet out. You're just a little crazy. I don't believe in all that Holy Ghost stuff. And then you see them and they're laying on their deathbed listening to that little heart monitor. Brother Hoffman, Brother Hoffman, I'm not talking about you, brother. Brother Hoffman, come pray for me. Well, where's your pastor at? Well, well, I really want you to pray for me. Why? Well, because you know, because you got you know you got a you got a connection with the Lord. Really? Thought you didn't believe in all that stuff. Oh, but I believe now. And I go ask him, do you believe? Believe ye, then in the name of the Lord Jesus, rise up and walk. And tell him, okay, if you get out of here, you're going to serve God? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Happened not too long ago. I asked a fella laying on his deathbed. Laying on his deathbed. Didn't even know the guy. But somebody called me to pray for this man. And I went up there, 
And I was standing over this man, had tubes running down. He was in ICU. He was on his deathbed, and they was wanting to pull the plug on him, wanting to let him go. He was on life support and all. I asked the man, I said, if the Lord heals you right now, will you serve him? He could barely lift his hand up, but he lifted his hand up and went. That's how much people hate Jesus. So I didn't pray for him. I stood around there for a few minutes, talked to him a minute or two. And then I said, Sir, if I pray for you and the Lord heals you and lifts you up from this, from this bed, will you serve him? For the rest of your life, will you go to church? He went. I said, are you sure? I said, all right. I prayed over him. And I told that man. And there was witnesses there that saw me tell him. I said, in three days, you're going to get up out of that bed and you're going to walk out of here. And you're going to go home. And I said, don't you ever forget you made that promise. You make good on that promise. Three days later, he was walking out of the hospital. The doctors didn't know what happened. They couldn't believe it. They said, we don't know what's going on, man. With your, psh, all your vitals are perfect. You, just, you need to go. Man, this is a miracle. You just need to go home. You're ready to go home. He left. I told the man he started doing real good. I asked about him a week later. I said, is he in church? No. I said, tell that man he needs to go to church. A couple of weeks went by, or a week went by. I said, is he in church? No. I said, tell that man he needs to go to church. The Lord was pressing on me every day I'd pray. God finally told me, he said, you tell that man if he don't go to church, I'm going to kill him. I called some people up, and I said, you need to tell that man. I was told on the other end of that phone, he's doing terrific. He's doing great. It's not having any problems. I said, okay. The next morning I got the call. He died. He was dead. He dropped dead just like that. Let me tell you something. When God heals you, you better follow through. The Bible says, lest the worst thing come upon you. He said, lest I remove thy candlestick. Church, I tell you, we need to really get serious in this country because we're about to see some things we've never seen before. We have been the envy of a lot of this world, and those that don't envy us hate us. And those that hate us, really, it's all to do with envy anyway. <laughs> But understand this. Let's look at the seven years of famine that Joseph told Egypt about. He said, look, there's going to be seven years of famine here. And Joseph went ahead. He didn't realize all that he was going to go through. He didn't realize that, man, he was... Now, understand, the Bible said all the way through there, but the Lord was with Joseph. But the Lord was with Joseph. But now, man, this man went through some terrible, terrible things. Always injustice being done. But it had to be that way. It had to be that way. So that he could reach somebody. So his witness would count. Yeah, people are watching you. Understand when Paul said, I would gladly, I would then more gladly spend and be spent for you. Look at what happened in the, in the situation with the jailer. Man, the Lord beat that man to a pulp. He allowed that man to be beat to a pulp. His greatest servant that ever walked. For a cause. But had he got up and left, the jailer would have never got saved. The jailer and his household wouldn't have come to the truth. But because he stayed, his testimony meant more. There's got to be something about you that makes somebody want what you got. 
And so Joseph didn't realize all those years he spent going through all that pain and agony was to the saving of his household. God was building an ark to the saving of his household. And when the famine came, he was prepared. Had he not gone ahead and made provisions, his family would have perished. But God loved Israel. God loved his family. God loved his father. And he loved the 12 tribes. So much so that their names are written in heaven, in the gates. Praise God. But this famine that this Bible's talking about here is not a famine of food or water. It's a different type of famine. It's a famine of the Word of God. We're accustomed to an abundance of the Word also. But do you know for many, many years now, we've been pushing the truth further away from the church? We've been pushing it away from the pulpit. We've been running it out of the pulpit and voting in that smooth word that we're looking for. We don't want to come in steel-toed shoes. So we don't want anybody stepping on our feet. So we just get rid of those just talking all that stuff we don't want to hear. But you know what? I don't preach on that watered-down mess. Because of that, there's not 300 people trying to break the door down to get in here. But over in 2 Timothy, turn over there with me if you would. The Bible tells me what my job is. The Bible tells me what my job is. Now listen, okay. Somebody go over to uh, uh, 2 Timothy. Brother, go to 2 Timothy 4, 2 and 3. Brother, you feel up to it tonight? No? Sister, go ahead and look up. Uh, get uh, uh, Galatians 1, 8, and 9 for me. Brother, okay, now tell me what it says right there. Oh, wait a minute, you're moving too fast. Let's see, now this, this, is, word to, this is word to us here. This is a word to me tonight. What does it tell me to do? Preach the what? The word. Preach the Word. What is the Word? What is the Word? Isn't this the Word? This is the truth. The Word of truth. If it tells me that's what I'm supposed to preach, then I think that's what it means. What did it say there? Ah, he wasn't going to get tripped this time. Listen, hey, be instant in season, out of season. That's right, but you know what? There's really no comma there because, as you know, in the Greek, there's no commas. <laughs> oh, praise God. God gave me that. I had to get you on that. But listen, but, but it was there, wasn't it? Somebody wrote it on that page, so therefore, okay, go ahead. Right? Okay, well, so what it's telling me there is I've got to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. Okay, go ahead. And, well, we can't have that. I'm sorry. We can't tear that page out. That, that's not going to work here. I'm sorry. We can't. Did I not tell you to take that page out? That page don't work here. We don't, we don't like doctrine. What did you say over there, sister? Galatians 1, 8, 9. Come on down. That 8? Did you go down through 2 Timothy 4, 3? Let me have 3. Sharon, I see that. We do the same thing. 
Listen, I've had some pink, really fancy-looking glasses on at time to time. I don't care. When you're blind, it doesn't matter. You want to see. You know what I mean? Hey. <laughs> oh, boy, there's a sermon. Let me write that down. <laughs> Get your head right. Put on your trifocals. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, now start over and read that first verse and go right on down into this verse. Now listen carefully here, church, because we're living in that day right now. Go ahead. And doctrine. Right? Uh, Go ahead. Okay, listen to this. And they shall turn. Listen to what it says. Look closely. They shall turn their ears. Read that part again slowly. And they shall turn away their ears. Listen, listen, listen to this now. Listen to this. And they shall turn their ears away from the truth. And and shall be turned. See, let me tell you something. There's a place where God steps in and takes over. Says, oh, okay. Don't like the truth, do you? Well, let's move you over here into the non-truth section. We're just, get over it. That's what you want. Take it. It's all yours. Have at it, baby. Have at it, baby. There's a time when God says, okay, you have not a love for the truth. You know Count Joker. Come over here. You won't lie. Let me, get over here with your daddy, the devil, over here. Get over there with him. He said, they, they turned their selves away from it. And he said, then they're turned. Then they, read that again. They turned away their ears. They turned away their ears and shall be turned. They turned and then they said, they shall be turned unto fables. There's a time where the Lord says, it is enough. I preach to a group of people for many years. And God gave them every opportunity. And they would not turn. They continually mocked God by turning back to their vomit. God understands it takes time to grow. God understands more than you or I will ever understand the timing of things. But there comes a time that, listen, if you do not turn from your wicked ways, judgment will come. God gives you lots of times, lots of opportunities, many chances, but there was a time when the Lord said, It is enough. Stop. And I said, But God, He said, I don't want to hear another word about it. Stop right now. It's finished. Man, that was a tough pill to swallow. I'm going to tell you something. I've seen God mad, and it's not a pretty sight. And I'll tell you, church, this land has spit in the face of God for so long. Don't think it's gone unnoticed. The only thing that has stayed the hands of the angels from certain destruction and death of these people is the compassionate heart of God giving them opportunity to turn. But there's coming a day soon and very soon when God will turn them to fables. God will turn them to fables. And the Bible says they will believe a lie and be damned because they had not a love for the truth. Let me tell you something, church. The truth is going to cut you. Yes, it is going to cut you. It's going to cut you to the bone sometimes because the Bible says that the Word of God is sharp. It's quick and sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it will cut you to the bone. It's designed to do it. Why is it so hard on me, God? Because iron sharpeneth iron, blockhead. There's Bible for everything. That's why I don't need to give you theory. There's Bible for it all. 
The Bible says, the Bible says, the Word says, the Bible says. That's why I say that so much. Because I don't want you to come back and say, well, He said, oh, no, 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 wait, uh-uh. No, 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 uh-uh. No, no, come on. Come on to the Bible. Let's go to the supper table. Let's peel out the, let's peel out the, let me show you what you ate. Let me show you what you ate. Here it is right here. You're not going to pin it on me. I can't put you in heaven or in hell. But what I preach can if you follow it. I got to be careful. I take this job seriously. This is not just a, I'm not just a weekend warrior. <laughs> you see these biker guys run around down, up and down through here with all these thousands of dollars worth of weekend warrior clothes that they wear trying to be a weekend biker. Called weekend warriors. But this is my job. This is what I do. This is what I do. I take it very serious. Because it is very serious. What we do, what we do in this life decides our fate for eternity. People have changed the Word of God so much. I've got programs that have so many different Bibles on them, and I just flip through there, and I can see where people have just changed so much. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Some of the Bibles that they've come out with. and I, I tell you, the Bible says a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. You've got to be careful with that. The Bible tells me to preach the Word. Be instant, in season, out of season. There ain't no season. There ain't no season to bear fruit. It's a year-round thing in the family of God, church. Listen, wherever you're at, wherever there's a need, it's time to bear fruit. Wherever there's a need, it's fruit-bearing time. Wherever there is a need, there needs to be a feeding. Men will not endure sound doctrine. Very few churches are carrying the apostolic message. Very few churches. And I'm going to tell you, I'm starting to see more and more things going on in the apostolic organization that I just don't hold with. I'll tell you, I'm not a happy camper about it. How many of you know that the devil will sow tares amongst your wheat? I want to tell you something. As a pastor of this church, I have to constantly watch that devil because he's always trying to sow some sort of discord, some sort of disharmony, some sort of little, just some little niche he can get in there, some little leaven in the lump somewhere. And I tell you, it is, you have to watch that devil. He is slick. And I never want to add to or take away from the Word of God. I do not want to stray to the right nor the left. I want it right where he drew the line because it's right where it needs to be. A nation without the Bible is without freedom. How can you say that, Pastor? Because it's the Bible that has kept us free. The Bible says, you shall know the truth, truth shall make you free. Isn't that what the Bible says? That's Bible. Yeah. A lot of people say, set you free. There's a difference in setting you free and making you free. There's a difference in setting you free. You can open a cage and have an animal in it and just open a cage. and If he don't know he's free, he's still in the cage. That's called setting him free. But there's such a thing as reeking in there and snatching him out by his little collar and throwing him out and saying, Get! You're free! <gasps> hey! I'm free! That's called making them free. There's a difference in the opening the door and reaching in and snatching him out of there and saying, Hey, you don't have to live in a cage. You're free. I have made you free. It's the truth of the Word of God. I'm going to tell you, it's women being women, men being men, 
in this nation, going to church on Sundays and going to church on Wednesdays and, and, and serving God, praying over your food before you eat it, being thankful for what God has given you, being thankful, teaching your children to pray and read the Bible, teaching your children the value of going to the house of God on Sundays, and teaching your children the values to put clothes on and don't be walking around naked. That's the kind of values this country was built on and made it great. That stuff left a long time ago. Men quit doing their job. Women quit doing their job. Men started trying to be, I mean, women and women started trying to be men. And the next thing you know, we've got a mass confusion in this land. Chaos. It's exactly what the devil thrives in. But let me tell you something. The Lord let me know one thing. This great revival that everybody keeps talking about, it's past. It's past. It is. It's past. Yes, there are going to be some people come into the truth at the end. Yes, there are going to be. But I'm going to tell you, we've had a hundred years of revival in this nation. Let me tell you something. The revival started way back there, man, at Azusa Street. The revival started when the Holy Ghost got poured out again. And everybody said, I don't want that. Y'all are a bunch of crazy people. Oh, y'all got too many clothes on. Oh, I don't, no, I can't go. I can't just visit the church once a week for y'all, once a month for y'all. No, I don't want nothing to do with y'all. Oh, but would you pray for me because I'm dying? No, but I don't want nothing to do with all that. No, I don't want all that. Tell me something. You know, there should be a song called, Tell Me Something Good. Y'all remember that song? Don't lie. Don't y'all lie to me. Y'all know that song. That's exactly what this world's singing. Tell me something good. Pastor, tell me, tell me, tell me. What I'm telling you is good if your heart's right. What I'm telling you ain't nothing hard. What I'm telling you is good. I want to, I want to just ask you a question. Is there anything that you know of? Is there anything that you know of that you wouldn't be willing to do for Jesus? I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. I would do anything if Jesus told me to do it. I don't care what it was. Because if he told me to do it, he ain't going to tell me to do something that ain't going to approve of him. He's not approved of. If he tells me to do it, Pardon, I'd do it. I had a lady tell me here just not too long ago. I've been feeling the Holy Ghost all over me, telling me to get back in church, but I just don't want to give up my pants. I thought to myself, if Jesus came to me, if there was a scripture in the Bible that told me then I need to put a dress on, I'd be in a dress. I wouldn't care what you thought. I wouldn't care whether you like it or not. I wouldn't care whether I fit in with the with the country club. I wouldn't care what I look like. If the Bible told me to do it, praise God, I'm going to do it. And I don't care if it hair lips the Pope. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm lining up with Jesus. I'm going home. I'm telling you right now, I'm going home. They ain't nothing going to keep me here. There's nothing man ever created that's going to hold me down. I'm going home, praise God. And there's going to be a lot of people, I'm telling you, that think they got it made. Oh, it's an issue of the heart. It's an issue of the heart. This nation does not endure sound doctrine. This nation thinks there's more than one way to heaven. There is one way. There's one Lord. His name is Jesus. There's one faith. It's the apostolic faith. Period. One Lord, one faith, and there's one baptism, and it's in Jesus' name. Period. End of story. There is no multiple choice. There's no other way to do it but in the name of Jesus. Period. I'm just telling you some of the reasons this famine's on the way. I know that there are people that believe that the holiness standards are bondage. There was a church not too long ago, not far from here. A church that preached holiness standards and 
And they preached. They preached the scriptures about the hair and things like that. And a lady got up on the stage in the middle of a service and cut all her hair off right on the stage. I'm going to tell you, I would not want to be that woman. Not for any amount of money on this planet. Let me tell you something. I don't care. I don't care what anybody believes. That wasn't the place to pull at. You don't pull that in front of 100 people, 200, 300 people. This was a big church, one of the biggest in this area. And that church has been going down the wrong street ever since. Oh, their numbers are big. Their numbers are big. But they've walked away from holding the standards, and their message has fallen. Now they're having big wrestling fests and all that kind of stuff at the church and all that kind of garbage. That ain't got nothing to do with church. Let me tell you ahead of time, we're not going to have a big wrestling show in the church. Okay? We're not going to have men running around in little leotards in their little shorts trying to see how muscled up they can get and all that kind of stuff because they're lifting weights for Jesus. Y'all laughing, it's the truth. And they advertise this stuff all over town. Come and see Billy Bob lift a truck on stakes for the Holy Ghost. You know what? <laughs> hey, you know what? Jesus don't need you to lift a truck. If the Holy Ghost wants to, he'll flick it like a booger across the road. <laughs> little graphic, but uh, hey, I serve a mighty God. And he don't he ain't impressed with your lifting abilities. <laughs> the Lord's lifted me up out of enough ditches, he's proved it. <laughs> oh boy. You know what? I want I want to just let me just drop a thought in your mind for just a minute. I know y'all love me. I hope you do. I love you very much. There may be some things, church, that I don't see as something that would send you straight to hell. But I preach them. Why? Because it's in the Bible and I set it. I set the mark. Listen. Why? Why do I tell the ladies that they need to have their hair up if they're going to be on the stage? There's not Bible for that. I don't have Bible that tells them that they need their hair up to be on the stage. But you know what? There's a, let me tell you what. I think that long hair is a, is a woman's glory, and I believe that long hair, I think that's for a husband to see. A married woman needs to have her hair up. I believe that because it, it tends to bring the wrong spirit because there's something sensual about long, glorious hair. And who's to know? Now, I would not see any sensual in that, but I'm going to tell you, somebody might walk into the church and see it. Now, I'm not talking, I'm talking about long hair. I'm talking about long hair, flowing. Yeah, if they're out here, that's fine. But if they're up there, I want you to know, pastor told me a long time, he said, whatever you do, you keep that holy. You keep that holy. Don't you let nothing unholy. Don't you let nothing change the standard of the pulpit. And so I do. I want the mark high. I want the mark high. Because I want people shooting for that mark high. There's always somebody that if you have the standard held low, that's going to want to take it a little further. And a little further. And a little further. Let's just take a look. Can you see through the years what a little leaven has done? Perhaps we should take a trip over to, what's it called? Not too far from here, in Texas, where that neighbor of yours, Billy Ray, was working. Tyler. Maybe we should visit the Baptist church in Tyler. It's a nudist church. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Baptist church that's gone nude. Why not? 
Why not? Yeah. Oh, it's all over the Internet. Yeah, and it's spreading like wildfire. Why not do that? Why not do that? Because when you snuck the standard down for this one and you let it down this one and you got churches all over town, people coming in shorts, people coming in sweatsuits, people coming any kind of way they want to to the house of the most holy God that there ever was or ever will be and they treat Him like He's just Billy Bob lives next door. We're talking about a holy God. How dare somebody approach the King of Kings if that's all you got, God knows that. And I tell you, they're welcome. But when you see people dressed to the nines, all the other time you see them, and they come to the house of God in sweatpants and tennis shoes, there's something wrong. A little leaven is what takes you from holiness standards to nudity in a church that they call the house of God. They tell you that you can bring your little sack. Don't disrobe in the parking lot. Wait till you get in the foyer. And you can disrobe in the foyer and put your little clothes in a locker. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's why judgment's on the way. That's why judgment's on the way. God has preserved this nation even through wars. Some of you have been alive through wars. Some of you were alive in World War II. Some of your parents fought. I believe my granddaddy fought in World War II. My uncle, his brother fought in World War II, I think, didn't they? Didn't they fight in World War II? Oh, Grandpa didn't? Oh, I see. But uh, but nevertheless, church, what they fought and died for, what they fought to the death for, is not what we're living today. We took the standards that they built this nation on and cast them out to the dogs. And we told them, it's okay. Go ahead. It's not okay. It's just not okay. I'm just not okay with it. I don't care what this world does. I will not conform to this world. He says, not to conform to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Churches have been the ones that have been the guardian of freedom. Do you know that? We're the ones that have prayed for this country. We're the ones that have gone to war. Do you know what gives somebody a win or a loss? God decides it. God decides who wins and who loses. We were in the favor of the Lord for a long time because we had a lot of Christians that were bowing their knee to the Lord and that were in prayer for them men and women that were fighting them wars and they were in prayer for this nation. They were in prayer for the president. But now the president that's in the power right now gets up in front of the world and tells, bows to a king in a foreign land and tells them we're not a Christian nation. Let me tell you right now, God's coming. God's coming and hell's coming with Him. I'm telling you right now, hell's riding with Him and there's going to be some hell to pay for this. Somebody's fixing to pay the piper. I'm going to leave all that sweet preaching to other preachers and I'm going to tell you how it's fixing to be. Because my, my, your blood's not going to be on this head. I'm going to warn God's people what the Word tells me here. I'm going to prepare us to battle. I'm going to help us to grow the kingdom of God as much as we can. But I'm going to tell you something that's going to help you, not something that's going to hurt you in the long run. 
I'm not going to speak smooth words in your ear and then someday have to apologize when all, when all the kingdom of God starts raining down on us and, and then you say, well, oh, well, uh, but, but, uh, we thought we'd be out of here by now. Well, uh, but we're not. That's coming. That's coming. Somebody wonder, I might get my wife. Turn to Matthew 7, 24, 29. <laughs> He's already looking at me. He's seen me look at that clock. He knows what's coming. <laughs> I, I'm going to try to end here in just a minute. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Let me have that a minute. Let me have that word right there. No, let me get mine. That's too pretty. That's too pretty for me to read out of. My eyes will fall out. Reading out of something that pretty. I've got to have something with some marking all over it. I don't get no prints on it. Huh? I don't get no fingerprints on it. You always say, oh, you messed my Bible up. All right. I want you all to just notice something here tonight. What, what scripture is that? Set, uh, 24 what? Oh, seven, okay. Had it backwards. Matthew seven. Twenty-four through twenty-nine. Okay. Listen to this, it said Okay, verse twenty four, therefore whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Heareth these words of mine. What words is he talking about? These words of mine. And doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And if the rain happens to come by, no. Let's look at that. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not. But what it's saying is, the rains descended. Listen, this is the one that did the Word. Serving God does not immune you from the battle. Serving God puts you right in it, brothers and sisters. Serving God puts you on the front line. And I want to tell you, if you come and serving God thinking you fix to skate through all this, you're out of your mind. I want to tell you right now, you're going through it. The Bible said that it's the same for both of them. He said it caused it to rain on the just and the unjust. Now look. Let's go on further. Let's look at the other person, the flip side to this scenario. Now, there's the fellow that followed it, but it still said, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house. Isn't that what it said? You know, it repeats that whole scenario just about, all except for one word left out in the next one. The first one said, it fell not. Let's look at what it says on the second one. And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be lacking. See, the, the not is moved up a little bit. It just changed places. It's still in there. And doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And it fell. But the rain descended. The winds blew. The floods came. The difference was one fell, one didn't fall. That's the proving ground. Welcome to your chosen in the furnace of affliction. The Bible doesn't say if the floods came, if the flood comes. The Bible doesn't say if you go through the fire. The Bible says when you go through the fire, when you go through the water, when you go through the flood. does not ever say if. There's no if. You're going. We're going. 
The difference is, what are you building your house on, church? Because let me tell you, the rain's descending. The flood's on the way. The winds are about to hit. Do you know that you get prepared for storms? Go ask some of them people that went through Ike that didn't prepare. Go ask some of them people in Louisiana if you can find them. What happens when you don't prepare? Ask them if they'll stay through another storm. I guess they thought they was going to ride an alligator out of town. Didn't work out too well. The Bible tells us that it's our only hope. Building on the Bible, we can withstand life's storms. I'm going to tell you, and a lot of you know me personally, I've been through a lot in my life. I'm going to tell you, I've been through a lot in my life. I've been, I've been, I've been exalted. Buddy, I've been abased. I've been a millionaire. And I've been absolutely homeless. I know all spectrums in between it. I have learned whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. I have raiment. Don't let these suits fool you. I got two for $200. That's where I buy $100 a piece. Have to sew them buttons on ever so often. I've grown to where they were so tight they ready to pop. And I've gotten now I've lost so much weight. Now they're about to fall off of me. It weren't for my suspenders. Praise God for that. I told my wife she ought to try the starvation diet plan. It works very well. <laughs> I'm just picking on her. Church. We're going to be some people's last line of defense. We're going to be what stands between them and hell. God is building a house. He needed a few good men and women. Because you submitted yourself to His will, you sit here tonight. I want to tell you, the message of the Lord Jesus Christ is not always a smooth message. Matter of fact, you can look through the Word of God, very seldom was it ever. Sometimes it seemed to be fairly smooth at the beginning, but then the meat came. We're dealing with a ruthless adversary. and He hates you because of Him. He hates you for His sake. And his whole life mission is to destroy your walk with God. And he is a master at it. And so you have to be a master at what you do. We got to be good. We got to be better than good. We've got to be invincible. We've got to be unbeatable. We've got to know that word as good as we can possibly know it. Because let me tell you something. There's going to come a time you may not have that Bible. That's the reason he said, in that day, I will put it in their heart and in their mind I will write it. I will put it in their mind and on the tables of their hearts will I write it. He wrote it in another place. There's a reason for that. There's people that would give everything. I mean, this is a fact. This is not just a saying. This is a fact. Would give everything that they have, including their life. For ten pages of that Bible. There's pastors, and I and I take Voice of the Martyr magazine from all over the country, all over the world. There's some that have lost their entire families, where the government, where they're forbidden to have the Bible, and they've killed their whole family trying to find the one that's preaching the Word of God. And the whole family would go to their death before they would give up the guy that's got the Bible. Because they knew that the word must go on. That's what's going on in other countries. And it's coming soon to a country near you. It's called America.
It's coming. We need to wake up. It's time to wake up in this country. It's time to wake up and realize what we have and quit taking it for granted. We already enjoy every service we can while we can still worship Him, Spirit and in truth, and in the open. We already enjoy it. Praise God. As long as I have breath in me, I will preach the truth across that pulpit until the Lord moves me elsewhere. That's where I'll be. Stand with me tonight. If there's anybody here tonight that needs anything from the Lord before we dismiss tonight, praise God, I'm going to open these altars up. Praise the Lord. If there's anybody here that needs a touch from the Lord tonight, anybody here that needs a move of the Holy Ghost, whatever the situation may be, I want to open these altars to you right now. Praise God. They're open. Praise God. You just come and pray if you like, whatever it is you like. If you have something that you need from the Lord, praise God, I want you to just come get it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Almighty God, we love you tonight. Lord, we appreciate you tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.